Give me the, my faith. Hallelujah. Because most of the time we're waiting for the things to happen in the physical, to manifest in the physical. But we forgot that by faith, everything that happened is in the physical came from the spirit realm. So if you believe it, if you're dancing as an act of your faith, that means you already know it's already, it's already behind the wall, right there. It's already right there. That's the faith. I don't see it, but I know it's right there. Hallelujah. That's the level of faith that his children need. By faith, we understand that everything that is in the physical realm came from the spirit realm. So when I pray, I pray from a place of confidence. I pray from a place of knowing. If the word says it, then it is so. If he says it, then it is so. If he says it, then it is so in my life. So I will not pray or sing or shout or, you know, sit down like I don't know what the word says. I'm not going to shout like I don't know, but I'm shouting from a place of knowing. Hallelujah. If this was our old, what do you call it? I don't want to say Baptist. They would start ding, 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 ding. But we're working on that. You may be seated. <laughs> we're working on that. We're trying to get some music, musicians so we can start shouting in this place. Amen? I know some of it can be tradition, but most of the time your breakthrough is in your praise because it's showing what it is. You're showing how much your faith is. Father, I'm dancing. I don't know how the next bill is going to get paid, but I'm dancing. Despite... I don't know how my next customer is coming, but I'm dancing despite, I don't know what the doctor is going to say. I just came from and got this, I just got a doctor, I just came from the hospital. I don't know what the result is going to be, but I'm dancing despite. We got to put our faith on the line, trusting, hey, you know what, if you say it, then it is so. And I will not rest until I see it manifested, the fullness of your word manifested in my life. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. It is always awesome to be in his presence. We could have been zillion other places, but being in his presence is worth every second. I'm going to stay on track. <laughs> It is 7.33. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, because your love and mercy goes beyond what my mind, what our mind can comprehend. It goes beyond what, Father God, what we can fathom with our mouth. We don't have words to explain how much you love us. Hallelujah. And because you love us so much, Father, you have put your life on the line. You gave your only begotten son. Jesus came. He put his life on the line to establish us, Father God, with that love. Because before that, Father, we, never, we didn't know what love was. We were lost, Father God, in our iniquity. We were lost, Father God, in our religious thoughts. We were, we were lost, Father God, in oppression and depression 
and self-humiliation and self-hatred. But when we met you, Father, we've come, Father God, we've encountered love. We know what true love is, the Father's love. That you put yourself on the line, Father. You gave the only thing that you love the most so that you can gain more people. So, Father, we speak this afternoon, Father, from a place of that same love. Your love, Father God, it went so far. It went and picked up this young man that was in Haiti. It found me. Your love went so far. It went all the way to Haiti and found me, Father. So I am grateful, Father God, for your love. Nothing, Father, and I say nothing, can separate me, Father, from your love. Because that's what your promise. That's what your word says. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Yes, anything we do, everything we do is from a place of knowing how much he loves us. And I say this because uh, this is what we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to talk about love. Well, his, his love is always, you know, a topic to, to speak about. But when you know what the Father has done in your life, when you, could, when you look at your life, you look at your past, Many would say that there is no God, but you can't say that. I can't say that because I've seen his manifestation, and all his manifestation is a representation of how much he loves his children. Everything he does is because he's showing, he's revealing his love through everything he does. When you wake up in the morning, that's the act of his love. Because many went to sleep, they didn't, they didn't get up. They didn't wake up that next day. When you apply for that job and you found you got the job and many people applied and they didn't receive it, it's because that's an act of his love towards you. When the whole world is falling sick, but it, when he went to your door, every time sickness hit the, your door, it skipped it. Because the blood that represents love is literally is on, the, is on your house, is on your door. That mark is on your door. That's an act of his love. That's a representation of his love. Many are going into sickness, disease, hopelessness. They don't know what tomorrow looks like, but you have hope because you understand his love. So everything we do, when we speak, we speak from a place of knowing how much he loves us. So we boast, like Paul says, he boasts from love. Hallelujah. Amen. It is really, really nice to see you this afternoon. Um, for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Pastor Kirby. <laughs> and I will be uh, teaching the word of God this afternoon. Actually, this was my last. And I'm actually, I'm going to try to make you, um, do you justice and keep, you know, get you out of here as soon as possible. Uh, this was supposed to be my last teaching for this series. Uh, the series is called Forgiveness. We talked about roots of forgiveness. Um, we talked about uprooting forgiveness. Or we talked about roots of unforgiveness. We talked about the roots of unforgiveness. We talked about, we've been talking about, like, we've been displaying some different aspects of forgiveness. But today... We're going to talk about imitate. 
And it's kind of interesting because one would say, well, okay, forgiveness, I know, okay, okay. Uh, we're talking about forgiveness. You know, what does imitate have to do with forgiveness? If you can bring the music down just a tiny bit, I actually loved it, but just bring down just a little bit. Because when we talk about forgiveness, we have to understand where is it coming from. And when we have to understand identity, we have to understand who we are in Christ. We have to understand why we're doing anything. And any questions, even in business. I like to always bring businesses because I understand aspect that, you know, a bit. And anything, even in business, they always ask you, okay, before you start a business, you need to know your, your who, what, why, where. You need to know those things because it makes sense. When you understand your why, the reason, then you can start with an objective, a goal in mind. Make sense? So we know we've been talking about this whole series, we've been talking about forgiveness, but we also have to understand where is it coming from? Why do we have to forgive? So in this series, um, we're going to read a few verses. We're, gonna, we're going somewhere with you. Um, so we're going to display it. That way you know why the Father wants you to forgive. Because many times, if, if we don't understand something, then I'm like, okay, why do I have to do it? The world that understands certain things, though it manifested in their lives, but many times they don't understand it. They don't know why they're getting sick. It's because they have so many hatred in their heart. But for us as children, we need to understand, we need to know. Because we understand spiritual things. A lot of times, certain things, you, we can't explain it to the world because the carnal mind cannot understand spiritual things. Even if you tell them, they, oh, no, that's not the reason. But because as his children, we understand spiritual things. We understand that when one door opened, it opened many doors to many other things. So we're going to go, okay, this is how we're going to start it. So in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. <laughs> I'm going to give you a few verses. It talks about you are, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you are to imitate me just as I imitate Christ. This is Paul talking. He's telling us to imitate Christ, imitate him as he imitating Christ. It's almost like he's saying, you know what, follow me as I follow Christ. There's some uh, version that says that. I understand, he understand he had a revelation for the Gentiles. And the Father picked him and chose him specifically to reveal his love, to speak to a generation of people who didn't understand him at first. So he used him, and he says, you know what? I'm going to use you as a representation. You're going to be like a role model. That's what we call a role model. The Christ that is in me, you can follow it. The Christ, because I live by the word, you can follow Christ that is within me. Because the same step, I do exactly what he does. I'm not trying to add on to the gospel. I'm not removing. <laughs> I'm simply doing exactly who he is and how he said does it. And indeed, you can tell in his life that he definitely is following the father or following Christ. Because he gets so many revelations. So he says, to follow me as I follow Christ. What is the Bible? It talks about where if a blind lead the blind, they're both going to you know, fall into a ditch. 
Because <laughs> a lot of time we do follow a lot of people who's not up to nothing. And we find ourselves getting <laughs> in the ditch, indeed. Or even digging deeper in circumstance that we've been trying to remove ourselves out of. So it's very important to follow Christ. Or we have to, when we say we find people that we want to look up to, make sure you know their character. Make sure they're about the Father's business. Does their life represent the word? In Matthew 11, verse 29, it says, Take my yoke, this is Jesus talking, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Remind you, we're talking about forgiveness. And we're going to show you how from his life, he's telling you to do something that he's about, that life. Because often people would tell you, what's, the, what's that saying? They talk to talk, but they don't walk the walk. Because you can find a lot of people that says a lot of things. Oh, do this. I've been doing this for quite some time. You, they have no or nothing to, to show for it. But this is Jesus right here. He's saying, you know what? Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. And indeed, we're going to see how he walked the walk. Learn from me because I'm humble. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Let's go to the next verse. 1 John 4, verse 17. We're going to do a lot of verses this, uh, tonight. Right, Apostle? Hey. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> 1 John 4, verse 17. And this, love has been perfect with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. That just as he is, also are we in this world. And again, we're talking about he's showing himself because we're going somewhere. He's proving to himself, hey, you know what? Just as I am, be just like that. Because in order to follow someone, a lot of times a person will give you an order or hey, they will tell you to do this. And like we said, they have nothing to show for it. If I need to start a business, then I need to see that you've been doing some business. <laughs> if I'm going to get some advice from you from marriage, then I need to see your marriage working, right? If I need to follow, if I need some advice from you about raising kids, please don't come to me. I don't have any children. <laughs> I don't have any children yet. I might be able to share some advice with you from my perspective, my little nephews and cousins, and you know, most of the time I help them, they can stay at my house, but the next day, hey, go to your parents' house. So I don't have to live with the burden. It's a whole different perspective. But this brother right there, he's saying to learn from me. Learn from me. Because just as he is, so are we in this world. So he's trying to reveal to himself, hey, you know what? Because you are like me, you have the ability. What I'm, get, what I'm getting ready to tell you, you have the ability to do it. If I ask you to forgive, promise, trust me, you can do it because 
we are the same. My spirit lives within you. You have my DNA within you. Christ is in me. Me and the Father are one. So that means he's in me. That means I have the Father and I have the Son. So we're not just any type of person. When the Father says that you can do something, you have the ability to do it because it's all in you. The same spirit, how does it finish? The same spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead is, in that, same, is that same spirit that is what? Within us. So he's not telling you to do something out of the ordinary, something that you, uh, how do you, no, you have that ability because you carry that ability. First Corinthians 11 verse 1. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. So, and this is, we're going to show you two ways you can imitate Christ. Because if he's asking you to do something, it's because first you have the ability, is within you. So he's going to give you some assignment where he's going to show you, hey, you have that capacity. On first, first, well, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, again, we're showing you that the Father's getting ready to ask you to do something. It's not a random thing. It's because you have the exact, exact ability. He will never give you something that is beyond your measure, that you can't handle. We can imitate him. Imitating someone is, a, you know what, being in the same, we have the same ability. I'm copying what you do. And the second one is because we also have his image and his likeness. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make men in our image. There we go. Let us make men in our image. So he's, getting you, he's asking you, he's, okay, you know what? He's taking you on the step process. Whatever that I ask you to do, best believe it. You are, it's already all in you. You carry it. He says, you know what? Uh, you are made in my image. Let me read the verse. It says, let us make men in our image. So he's talking about the father and the son. After our likeness. When we talk about image, we talked about soul. We talked about our character. All those things are part of our image, part of our soul. So he's talking about your emotion, your heart. To have the heart of Christ, to have love, humility, patience. And, he, and the thing is, the Bible says that he has given you the Holy Spirit to help you grow. So you're not just by yourself. So you have abilities. You have everything you need when you face circumstance for you to overcome it. Why? Because you are made in his image after his likeness. Likeness refers to his spirit. We are a spirit being. We have a soul. 
We're leaving a body. So he's telling us all these things about us. And you know what? Let me remind you, just in case you didn't know. You are made in our image, the Father and the Son, in our likeness. So when I ask you to do something, when I tell you get up and pray in the morning, don't say that my flesh is, yeah, the flesh is weak. Yeah, I know that. I gave it to you. (laughs) But the, the spirit in you is willing. The spirit is stronger. The spirit is the one that lead the flesh. Not the flesh leads the spirit. Amen? To rule over the fish in the sea. I didn't say it. So he's telling you, so if you can rule over nature, can you imagine how much more stuff you can rule over? To rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the air. And there's a verse I believe um, Paul talks about where nature is waiting, is groaning. Like, mm, like can you know get it together when will they finally get it when will they know who they are you know how when you have a, a child like you know and every time you tell them to do something they're like uh-uh. nature is groaning waiting for us to conform into who we or to come to the realization of who we are and he's talking about our soul. Because when we renew, when the mind is being renewed, it's not the, the body, it's the soul, the, the fullness for your soul to, to come to the same measure as the spirit that is within you. Because your soul needs to de- develop. So nature is groaning. Can you imagine? But the father's like, you know, I got to be patient with them. Let me go back. It says, Then God said, let us make men in our image and after our likeness to rule over the fish and of the sea of the bird. I'm sorry. To rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Hallelujah. Over the livestock and over all the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. So he gave us authority over all those things. Why? Because we are made in his image. Because Christ has authority over all those things. He put, he has, he's, the Bible says that he put dominion, like Christ has dominion over all those things. He put all those things under his authority. But often the enemy plays in our ignorance. He knows we don't know. When you don't know, then anybody can tell you, can pull your head different places. They can steal your identity, steal your inheritance because they know that you don't know. Have you ever thought about, like, well, I've seen it before, like little kids. I think here in America, it's a little bit different. Like, kids know, it's like, they, if you give them $20, they know that $20. But sometime you go overseas when you give, <laughs> you give somebody $20, a little kid, they don't know that they have $20. They thought that it's, they probably thinking it's a dollar. So they can, somebody else can steal it from you that knows what you have in your hand because you don't know who you are. So, but the kids here in the U.S., you guys are smart. <laughs> if they give them $20, they know, okay, this is $20. I'm not going <laughs> to give it to you. So, yeah, so, and it continues. It says Ephesians 4.24 and Ephesians 4.24. And to put on the new self created to be like God. In the true righteousness and holiness. 
So he's talking about who you are. He's telling you, hey, you know what? You have every ability in you because you are made like me. When you, when, when, when you become a new creature, you put on a new self. You're not the old man. You used to hate people. Somebody would tell you everything. Somebody, every time somebody pissed you off, you just call them out everything that is in the book. But because you are now a new person, you put on a new body on you. He says, you know what? Put on the new what? New self. I didn't write it. Put on the new self. Create to be like who? In true righteousness and holiness. When you understand righteousness, is that's who you are. You are righteous before him. Just because you made a mistake last week, that doesn't mean that, okay, you're no longer a child. It doesn't mean that your right is taken away from you, your, 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 your blessing, your inheritance. The father doesn't just, he's not a dictator. When you become a new creature, your old life is past, is gone. Because most of the time when you face situation, the enemy plays on the old things. And those are the things that really hinder us from doing, from walking into the fullness of who we are. Because he's going to, oh, oh you, you, you used to cuss people out. Like, who, who made, what made you think you can do this? What made you think you can pray with someone and heal them? He's playing in your old, your old man. What made you think you can forgive and then forget? He's playing in your old man. But this is what the father says. He says, you know what? Put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When you understand holiness is that you cannot be, sin cannot live in you. Sin cannot habit it in you. That's the whole meaning of holiness. He says your true righteousness, meaning I'm right before him. And holiness, meaning you're not trying to become holy. You are holy in him. Because a lot of times, those are the things that plays in our mind. Oh, my God, I did this last week. This is not a free card to live in sin. <laughs> this is not a free card to just go out there and li live foolish because that would show your maturity. Because mature children, mature child, they're constantly trying to just live in the Father's presence, just to grow, mature. So when we say those things, well, you are holy. Indeed, you are. The Father made you holy and right before him. It's not a free card for you to live in sin, but in fact, it shows you where you grow in maturity. And we're going to continue. Philippians 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which, also, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're going somewhere. So I'm showing you who you are. I'm showing you all the potentials you carry and that potential is not of you it's in a higher being that is way bigger than way bigger than you so we're not telling you to pull from your own ability your own family your own ancestors no that's not that's not what we're, we're telling you to pull from a place that is within you that is way above you that carry all those criteria criteria that carry all those abilities in fact, it's already within you. All you have to do is tap into it. 
In fact, all you have to do is acknowledge it, because most of the time we don't even know that it's there. <laughs> we don't even know that we are his child. You know, we, we, we are love. We are, we are more than conqueror. We, you know, we speak to the mountain and it shall move. So we're telling you that you carry something in you, and all you have to do is tap into it, because that's your inheritance. It's freely given to you. You don't have to pray. Even if you pray 10 more hours, that's not going to make him love you any more than he already does. <laughs> it's not going to make you any more holy. Correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, Apostle, but um, you are already holy and righteous. And you did not buy this with how much time you pray or how much time you, 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 know, you spent in the word. Those things grow you maturely. But those, that inheritance, that was your, a down payment. You received that the moment you entered into the relationship. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. I actually love this verse. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Hallelujah. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So if your heart feels some type of ways because you need to check your heart and say, Father, okay, what is going on in my heart? Because you gave me a new heart. Don't fall back in your old ways. Because most of the time, often the reason why the enemy tricked us, he tricked us on things that we, not, we don't know. If you don't know, we don't know. If you don't know who you are, as long as, as long as a child is an heir, as long as a child is an heir, now as long as a child is a slave, I'm sorry, what's the word, verse again? You can be pretty much, the verse is saying, I think Paul was saying in Colossians that you can be a king, but if you don't know that, they can treat you like a slave because you don't know your true identity. You don't know your inheritance. But Glory be to God. What he does is the Father always place people in your life. He would pl place people in your circle to help you grow and mature into the fullness of who you're supposed to be. So that you can tap into and walk into your inheritance. And we say all of these things is because I'm showing you when the Father's asking you to forgive. It's because he did it before he already done it, and he is love. The Father is love. He's not trying to be love. He is love, and because he is love, love is within you because Christ is in you. So when he's telling you to put everything, every anger, malice, all those things away from you is because you are contradicting your true nature. You are contradicting the true person of who you are. I am Haitian. I can never, I, there's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> so I say that to say, hey, what's up? <laughs> I say that to say your true nature can never be changed. Soon I will be an American, you know, but I'm still Haitian. <laughs> there's no green card or no paper that can change that. My roots, my DNA is that. So I say that to say, because love is your DNA. It doesn't matter what you do. That's why a lot of time as, as children of God, we have, um, the world can be perfectly fine with hating people. 
don't want to forgive. They're dying and sick and oppression. Sickness is adding up on their life, but yet they can't even identify, first because they're not spiritually in tune, they can't even identify what's the cause. And when they identify what the cause is, if they ever do, they still don't want to let go. Because the nature, that's not part of the nature, that's not part of the root. But as God's children, because we have Christ in us, it doesn't matter what we do. We can hold grudges. We can allow those things for a period of time to hold our blessings. But if you're being true with yourself, if the Holy Spirit is truly ministering to you, he's going to minister in your heart first. He's going to tell you, you you need to search, you need to work in your heart. Because they both cannot dwell in there. You cannot have unforgiveness and love in there. It just doesn't, it, it cannot be in the same path. So if you have those things in your heart, but yet nothing is telling you otherwise, you need to check, okay, you know what? What is ministering to me? Where am I in my spirit life? Because there's no way that you can live with so much hate and or bitterness. Those things keep coming up and for you to never, for the Holy Spirit to never identify and say, hey, you know what, Mm-mm, you need to deal with that. This is from your mom. This is from your dad. This is, not, this is from not letting go of this old past, of this past marriage, that person that break your heart. That, that person that let you down, that spoke about you, that told a lie, and that make everybody look at you differently. Because the reason why he does that is because he's revealing himself through you. Because he went through all those things. So forgiveness mean, the Greek, Greek translation for forgiveness or forgive mean, I'm going to see if I can do it justice, is synchoresi. This is not French, so I can't really say it well, but... Um, Pretty much what it means is to release, to hurl away, pretty much throw with full, with a great force. You're throwing something away with full force. You're not even trying to hold it. You're throwing it with so much force that if somebody passed around or passed by, they might get hit. To free yourself. (laughs) So when the word says that whom the son has set free is free indeed, It makes sense. Because to forgive is to free yourself. And if you're saying that the son has, if we're singing it, then we need to live it. If the son, you know, who the son, there's a song that says, I'm a child of God, but part of the lyrics it says, who the son set free, yes, of course, it's a scripture also, but it sings, who the son set free, yes, he's free indeed, I'm a child of God, yes, I am. When you sing those things, the Holy Spirit is going to definitely minister to you in your heart because that's not of him. For you to live with hate and anger and bitterness. So now we're going to reveal Jesus' forgiveness. Because, and the thing is, the interesting thing about that is, in this passage, this is, you know, through the four Gospels, like, you know, each of them uh, speaks about it differently. In the early on the passage, he's telling them to practice those things. 
And you're going to hear it. He's telling them to do this, do that. Forgive your neighbor, forgive your friend, forgive those things. But then down the road, he's going to be tested with the exact same thing he was talking about. <laughs> What's that saying? Be careful what you say. <laughs> but the only difference about that, he was pretty much revealing his heart because he's the perfect father, because he came for a mission. He was revealing, uh, you know what, I'm walking... I say this because I'm revealing not just myself, I'm revealing the kingdom. I'm revealing my character. This is what you're going to take up on you. You take it on my image, my likeness, my character. So this is what my character is consist of. Y'all ready? So Matthew 5, verse 43 at first. You have to hear that it was said. I'm sorry. You have heard that it was said. Love your neighbors and hate your enemy. That's him. We have a, few, a lot of them. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But now, see how he's revealing his character and his image and his kingdom. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecuted you. He said to love them because that's all he is. He said, I don't know any other thing. If you say you're either going to follow me or come conform into my image, I don't have any other way. I'm sorry. That's the only thing I have to offer. I only have a premium account. <laughs> and my premium account, you've heard this before. Yeah, you know, in the Old Testament, this is how they used to do it. You could apply this. You could practice this. But in my, in this premium account, I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecuted you. 45, it says, you have that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes the, his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sent rain on the righteous and what? The unrighteous. He's like, you know what? In my premium account, I don't give you permission on who to love and not to love. That's my job. When you came in this family, you don't dictate how this goes about. You don't make the rules <laughs> on how the system, because you are, you come in this, in my household. When you come in this relationship, you, there's no, you know, premium or what's the second one after premium? What is it? Uh, regular and... All of those. He says, I only have a premium service. It's either you fool with love or you're not. Your enemies, let me deal with them. That's not your job. And when you pray, you don't even pray against your enemy. Just allow the Father to do according to what he please. But he says, in fact, pray for them. Your only job for them is to pray. Because a lot of time I hear that so many often, so often, like, you know, um, <laughs> especially in the old folks, sometimes they were like, uh, I'm going to pray for you. When you hear somebody say, I'm going to pray for you, that is not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good prayer. Say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm, you know, mm -mm, I'm good. No, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> it's not a good prayer. Their heart, their motive is not good. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. No, say nothing. Thank you. I have a whole team of people praying for me. 
I have the Holy Spirit, the army of angels ministering. I'm good. Pray for your family. <laughs> pray for your wife and your kids. Don't pray for me. Thank you. <laughs> it's not a good prayer. The motive is not good. It says on Luke, uh, we continue in Luke 6, 27. It says, but to those of you who will listen, it says, I say, because we mind you, a lot of times many people may not listen. He said, but to those of you who will listen, this is in Luke. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate. Isn't that interesting? That's a kind of love. Because he's like, I don't know. That's the only way I know. Because his love is so deep and profound that, A, that's, we are part of that love. We inherit that love. Because he had, if he were to do the exact same thing, he, he had too many reasons not to die on the cross for us. If he give us the permission, then he also would have the same permission. Because we're imitating. When you imitate someone, then you have, they pretty much tell you, they, they lay down a, a foundation and you just walked in it. You're pretty much mimicking them. So if he tells you to do otherwise, then he could have, hey, you know what? Father, these people don't even want me. I'm tired of this. But he says, you know what? He put his life on the line. I say to you, if you want to listen, he says, but to those of you who wants to listen, because he knows some people will not listen. You have some people once they hate, oh my God, that door open, it just won't close. You need to do an inner healing. A deliverance. Not just for the anger, but for so many other things because there's so many spirits. <laughs> so many doors open, and that's very true. Because the Bible talks about where there's anger and strife. Once you open one door, you literally open a vast door. And I know like, a lot of times it's a verse that we talked about so often, and it, it can easily fly over people's head. And it's very true. Often when you are, and I hear that quite often in inner healing, when you are dealing with a person that dealt with a, a particular issue, whether it was offense or anger or those things or unforgiveness, you literally have to tap into so many other spirits. Because you, you might think you're dealing with one thing, but you, that person already, especially the more you hold on to it, you open door to so many other things. And as his children, he's trying to save you from becoming the puppet of the enemy. Because once that opened, then you literally open yourself to every other thing. And then now you're blessing, you're praying, you're not seeing, it's like the, your, blessing, your, your prayer is going on the wall and coming right back down. It's because there is so much wall, there is so much blockage. The enemy has so much control over your life. And the Bible talks about that the, the Satan is, he is the accuser of the brethren. That means he's constantly going before him. Oh, you're going to bless him? Really? He did this. You're going to bless him? You know, he's, he's cussing, he's doing this, he's, he's, he's full of hate. Oh, that's how we do it now? I can only imagine that conversation. Oh, that's how you do it? Oh, you're going to bless them? Oh, she, she hates the whole world and then, oh, that's how you do it? Okay. And we don't want that. And a lot of time the father can't really go against his word. He can't go against his word. So if he established it and you don't follow it, then you're blocking yourself from receiving. And he can't fight for you because 
It's like, well, well, he's right. You know, when I release this, but it's, he's right. He's accusing. He's an accuser constantly. Luke 6, verse 28. Bless those who curse. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreated you. He's showing you himself. And proverb from the wisdom man himself. Proverb 25, verse 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him or her food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. So it's not just a matter of, you know what, okay, I forgive you, but it's action. Your heart would reveal, reveal that. Because there are certain things we do, we don't have to tell people we hate them. Your face already shows it. Your action, how you look at them, they don't have to tell you, I've seen it before, and, and, and I've seen it. I'm like, this is uncommon. This is unusual. Like, you can just tell a person looking at a person, and you can tell what their heart is telling. Because out of your heart, what? You guys know the verse, out of your heart. So the issue is showing in your face. It's showing hate. Unforgiven. Malice. So we have to check our heart. We have to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in our heart. And that's why like, the Bible talks about do not quench the spirit. And many times we think that it's just in the service, worshiping. But a lot of time is allowing, not giving him permission to work in our life. Not giving him permission because they're here for a mission. Their full-time job is us. And if we block them from doing what they came to do, then we're pretty much stopping them from changing our heart, renewing our mind, releasing those things from us. Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. And he's telling those things not to... Pagans, not to unbelievers. We hope that they practice those, but that's not for them. This is for his children. Paul was talking to believers. Jesus was talking to the Israelite, to the children of Israel. They knew, they practiced this, this is nothing uncommon to them. But yet, they were not practicing it. So now we're going to give you an example of Jesus himself, of true forgiveness, expressing that on the line. Because we mind you, we said, you know what? You can't just talk to talk. You got to walk it. So he's going to walk it right now. On Luke 23, verse 33, it says, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with criminals, one on his right and one on the other left. I'm sorry, the other on his left, I'm sorry. Then Jesus said, he's practicing, he's walking it right now. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Let me give you a, 
physical demonstration of what's taking place. This is after he's been beaten. He had to carry that cross from, I don't know, from probably hours of walking. They spit in his face, lying on him, rejected him. So many things. And right now, right when he had every right, right when he had every right, I promise you, he had every right. He had every right to be like, Father, can you? I've heard other <coughs> theologians says, had he even opened his mouth and say, Father, please make them stop. <coughs> or, in fact, Father, you know what? I think I've had enough. <coughs> he could have simply just said, Father, you know what? I can't. Whatever word he had used that sound like <laughs> this is enough, we don't know what this Roman would have dealt with in that moment. These Jews, they would have had so much to deal with because in that very moment, he could have he released a legion of angels to rescue him. He could have. The father was just waiting on him <laughs> to open his mouth. These people are just, you name it, the worst torture. They beat him, they crucified, they beat him, they lied on him, they rejected him, they spit in his face. <laughs> Not this spit, but you know, <laughs> they spit in his face. And we know what this looked like, spitting in somebody's face. This is all over the news. We can't even handle it in our stomach. Ah, oh. <laughs> this is on social media. We, it's not even in our face. You're like, ah, oh, oh, what is this? This is disgusting. <laughs> what kind of men is this? But I kid you not. He went through more than that. Still. Still. Listen to what he says. He says, forgive them, Father. My. Forgive them, Father. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what? What they are doing. You know what? They're ignorant. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know that I came to save them, to give them life. Hopefully down the road they get it. And the interesting thing about that is he's doing that not even knowing whether or not they would even acknowledge it. Hopefully. I'm not doing it because I know they're going to do it. Like, okay, you know, they don't get it now. You know how sometimes you tell our children um, or nephews or youngsters, you know what, they don't know. You don't know you need to pray. You know what, you just don't know. You just don't know. But he doesn't even know that. There's no guarantee that any of this will be received by nobody. But he's like, you know what? Forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they're doing. So when it makes so much sense early on when he was revealing the kingdom, when he was telling them, hey, you know what? I know this is how they used to do it. But in my world, 
if you're going to be one with me, if you're going to carry my, my DNA, if you're going to receive me, then you have to buy, abide by these rules. And that's not a lot to ask. If, they, if you're going to receive me, then you can't, you can't do this. In my kingdom, carrying my nature, my DNA, you can't do this. Me being in you, we can't do this. You can't carry unforgiveness, hatred, hard anger. I could have done it, but you can't do it. I, if I didn't do it and you say that you're imitating me, then we have to do, you got to imitate me all the way. All the way. You can't go halfway. You know what? They did this to me. They did this a couple of years ago. Okay, you know what? I'm going to forgive them in this area, but I, I can't do it in this area. Then you're not worthy of me. He says that you're not worthy of him if you can't do that. And they divided his garment by casting a lot. So they're pretty much making fun of him. They're playing with his character. His, you know, um, one thing I thought about, I said, can you imagine? I can only imagine in that very moment playing with him when they were like, you know, a casting. They were pretty much playing a lottery with his character, with his, with his clothes. I can only imagine, you know, when Satan, I thought about it. I said, you know what? Can you imagine when Satan, at first time, when Satan came to him and says, you know what? When he was taking him to all this period of time, or testing his faith, and wanted to turn this into this. I can only imagine this was another opportunity time. He says, you know what? The word says that he would come back to him at another, more opportunity time. This is a great opportunity. Hey, you know, he says, you know, no, I'm just, okay, you know, okay, I didn't get you this time. Okay, don't worry. I'm coming back. <laughs> now I'm going to play with your character. They, they messing with his garment. He asked for water. They, he, they, he gave them, they gave him wine, uh, um, vinegar. So what an opportunity time for the enemy to say, oh, sure. You want, well, why don't you turn? In fact, they even say, one of the, uh, one of the uh, books says, they say, you know what, if you are, you save other people, but you can't save yourself. This brother saving everybody, but he can't save himself. What does that sound like? It sounds like, oh, once you turn this, once you jump off the, once you jump off and have the angels carry you, once you turn this angel, so he's pretty much testing him. That's a perfect opportunity. But one thing the enemy did not know. I guarantee you, if he knew what him dying on the cross would represent, he would have never done that. <laughs> he would have never done that, but he did not know. The, he knew enough. He knew he was coming, but he did not know the afterlife. Because there was a promise. There was a revelation on him coming. But he never, he didn't know like, what would have happened after this because he thought that was the end. Hallelujah. He thought that was the end. Hey, you know what? This is the end. But for him, he thought that if I could, because he understood, though he knew that would have been the end, he didn't want him to die. Well, he knew he wanted him to die because him dying would have been the end. 
But he knew if he didn't go through the mission, the mission, him being on the cross, if he didn't fulfill that, then humanity would have been lost. So he was tempting, tempting him enough. He was messing with his character. He was messing with him. Hey, you know, once you get off the cross, because he thought the deliverance, our freedom was just being on the cross. But he did not know that the freedom was him dying on the cross, where he had to go into down there and get the you know, keys of heaven, keys of death, and snatch it away from Satan himself. So that being said, the verse says on Hebrew 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. So when the Father, when G, when the Father says to forgive, he's not telling you to do something that's never been done before. He's telling you to do something because our brother, Jesus Christ, he went through the exact same thing and more. He went through the exact same thing. So anything he's telling you, and you, you, you carry his presence, you carry his DNA, his spirit is within you. When you face your obstacles, when you face unforgiveness, you can do it. The people that hurt you, that let you down, you can let them go. They don't owe you, they, you don't owe them no more place in your life. Because that's blocking you from walking into the fullness of what the Father is doing. He can't hear your prayer. He wants to bless you, but the enemy keep accusing you. The enemy keep accusing you because there's so much hate in your heart. But we have one who has tempted in every ways that we are yet was without sin. Yes, people talked, you know, they let him down. He was abuse. He was abuse. I mean, you can't, there's, there's no more abuse you could went through from this. <laughs> they tore his clothes. The Bible doesn't give us a full, full description, but they literally just, we don't know whether or not he had no clothes on him or some clothes. I'm pretty sure there was, because humiliation, when people are trying to humiliate you, they literally tear you, they literally go, they go to the worst, they, to, the, to the very least, to break down your character. Stronghold can get in the way when we attempt to forgive people. A lot of times we can, we find ourselves in a place where we can't forgive, where we can't let go. Because of many things. Some of those reasons are like we feel entitlement. <laughs> we feel entitled. We can't get past the anger. We expect people to hurt again. We don't want to be hurt again. We don't want somebody to come in and hurt us again. We feel self-pity or have victim mentality. Or sometimes a, a lot of us, we do it for attention. I was talking to someone recently, I can't remember who it was, they were talking about where, I didn't know it was a thing, but people actually sometimes don't, don't want to forgive because they're doing it for self-attention. They're trying to get attention. It gives you something to talk about. A lot of times when you have strongholds in your life, it's holding you back from 
you're thinking that you're walking and I mean, you're doing the good thing, but you're actually hindering your blessing. You're hindering yourself from growing. When the word comes in your ears, it goes out because other things occupied your mind. We let pride get in the way. But we have to know that the Father has made provision. The Father gives us the ability to forgive. Because why? Because he is within us. He's, he is within us. He walked the walk. He says, mimic me. Imitate me. If we are imitating someone, then we can literally, if he forgives, then we have every right to forgive. And you have no right to hold on to nothing. It doesn't matter what it is. He had every right. Jesus had every right not to go on this cross. Actually, he says, you know what, Father? If I can, if this cup, if we can just skip this, can it happen? If we can, I, I'm willing. You know, I don't mind. But nonetheless, let your will be done. Because he literally, he took up on our nature. So he, feel, he felt everything we feel right now. Every beaten. He felt it. When somebody spit in his face, they lie on this brother. <laughs> and he didn't even say nothing because he had a mission. He was on a mission. You know what? If I don't do this, then humanity is perish. But we have the power. Father, the Father has given us ability to do it. We have provision and example of Jesus. That's one of the reasons. That's, that's one of our power. That's one of abilities. We can use that. We have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to try to forgive by yourself. The Holy Spirit is going to help you do that. All you need to do is having a willing heart. Have a willing heart. I, I want to. If you are so deep, say, Father, you know, I don't even know how to start. I don't want to, but help me. <laughs> we have the guidance of his word. So if we say that we don't know how to start, if we say that we can't forgive, it's either one or the other. It's either we don't know Christ. It's either we don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit or it's there. We're not letting it, you know, do its work. Or we don't spend time in the word. Because there's no way in the word, I haven't read it. Hopefully, if you find it, please let me know. That it says, you know, hate your brothers. It's not in the word. And if we say that we're living this life according, if we're imitating him, then we can't do what he doesn't do. And we have the power of prayer to help us. As we're getting ready to finish, it says, John 13, verse 34. This is a new commitment he gave us. A new commitment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. That's the only commitment he gave us. All the other stuff that you made them up. He's like, I have nothing to do with this. I didn't tell you to hate nobody. Yes, this happened in your life. But 
if we're going to imitate me, you have to go all the way. You're going to have to imitate the fullness of me, not some part of me. Because if you say that you can't forgive, then you pretty much telling the father that, you know what, don't forgive me. Because when you, if you're telling him, if you're doing something, if you're asking him to forgive you and you can't do it for other people, what are you telling him? That you're more important than other people. That you're telling him that, you know what, I deserve it, they don't deserve it. Ephesians 4 verse 32 be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. He's talking about the church. Just as God and Christ also has forgiven you. In Matthew 6, verse 12, it says, And forgiving us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you forgive people that hurt you, that let you down, then the Father says, you know, okay, when you pray, I will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And a lot of times we say, oh, you know what, uh, it's, the Father knows. Yes, he knows. He knows that you need to forgive. Because it's not about us. It's about what he has for us. Because most of the time, we focus on what's right now. We focus on the present. We focus on what we can see with our eyes. But not knowing, I was watching this, um, this picture on Facebook or YouTube or Google. Uh, there was this... Um, it was a picture where they had a picture of Jesus um, with, uh, with a, a teddy bear, <clears throat> a big teddy bear. I don't know if you, some of you guys have seen it. He had a big teddy bear in the back of his, um, in his hand, but he hid it. And there was this little girl who had like a small teddy bear in her hand. And Jesus hand her hand over, hand his hand and said, you know, give me yours so I can give you this. But she doesn't see it, so she's holding it. She's like, no, I like it. Like on the commentary, it says, I love this. This is mine. I want it. She only sees that little teddy bear. And the father has a huge one. Actually, it's actually bigger than her. <laughs> when you look at the teddy bear, it is way bigger than her. But she's holding on to what she has on her hand. Because the world... A lot of time, that is us. We find ourselves in those situations because the world, we carry around us so much baggage of the world. And don't get me wrong, those hurts. The people that let us down, the enemy intentionally used them to break us down, to break our heart. The people that we trust, the people that we literally, we depend on, they let us down. And most of the time, the enemy does that because he knows, like last week we were talking about, he understands roots. He understands seeds. He understands if I can drop this in his heart or her heart, then I can stop her from entering into the fullness. I can stop. If I can start it right now, then I can create bitterness. 
if I can start, start right now, most of the time, the things that we see happens in our life, we think it's a, it's a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It was calculated. The enemy knows. He knows your family more than you do. He knows your generation. He knows roots. He knows, he understands system because he's been around forever. He knows how the world was created. So he understands how DNA operates. If I drop this right here, then I can hold this whole generation. If I stop it right now, if I hurt you right now, if that person, if I allow them to abuse you in the early age, if that marriage, I allow it to break, to fall apart, then you can literally close yourself where you never want to trust the father anymore. Because most of the time, those are the things that trust, that hurts people. It, it, it happened, we don't even know where it came from, but then it left a pain, a, 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 um, a scar in our heart where it can never where we never let, we, can, we don't even know how to trust the Father. Because whenever we hear the Father, the last Father we had in our heart used to abuse us. Why would I have anything to do with this? Whenever we hear a mother, whenever the last mother that I had used to abuse me, talk bad about me, let me down. She never actually, she was never there. So we don't want nothing to do with that. And the enemy used that. Years and years and years we're growing, we are worshiping, we are dancing, we are giving tithes and all this stuff, but there's always this thing that's missing. Because when the word talks about eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, we don't even know what that looks like. We have no idea of what that looks like. So all these things create a pain, a hurt, it creates this heaviness in our heart. We can never move forward. We will let people in, but only halfway. We would worship, we would trust the Father, but only halfway because the, only, the last person we trust let us down. How do I even start? But the Father says, you know what? I have given my son. Imitate him. I have given my son because I am, you've never, you have no reflection of this love. You haven't had any experience of such. The father says, you know what, I am willing to literally go at the lowest just to meet you right there where, where you are so I can work with you through that process. And not only that, I have sent you an army of angels, the Holy Spirit, the ministering angels to minister to you. I will be patient with you. And I'm giving you grace so that you can come out of that pain, that ruin that the enemy was trying to destroy your life with. And making it seem that it was him and it was never him. It was never the father. Because most of the time, because we don't know, we always look at, we say anything, okay, this is, okay, okay, that's the father. The father let us down. He let us down. And today I'm, let, I'm telling you that the father is love. All he knows is love. All he knows is goodness. There is nothing in him but love. He is the perfect representation of what love is. He is the definition of love. And that same love, he utilized it to share, to spread his love to you, to his children. So don't let yourself, if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, people let you down. If you find yourself in a situation where people hurt you. They lie on you. They don't give you opportunity. This job was yours, but somebody lied on you and took it over. 
The father says, you know what? I have something bigger for you. Like that, that teddy bear. This is all the lies of the enemy. The enemy's trying to hurt you through those little things. But I have something bigger for you. With Christ, you get all these things. You are seated far above all things. The same, same way you receive forgiveness, you receive love through Christ, you also receive all inheritance. So it's not just a matter of forgiving, but he's really trying to give you the full inheritance. The things eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. But the enemy doesn't want us. He just hates God's children. And that's fine. We don't like him either. But the thing is, don't let those things block you from receiving what the Father wants to do in your life. One of my favorite verses is, it is the Father's good pleasure to give, to give his children the kingdom. Jesus came to give us the kingdom in everything that is in it. Not some things, all that's in it. Love, grace, mercy, inheritance, favor, freedom. So don't keep yourself in bondage. You have to start with a place. If you don't know how to start, say, Father, you know what? I don't even know how to start. Show me, Father, how to put the first step, how to take the first step, step by step. And he is willing to be patient with you. Because that's all he died for. He sent his son to be patient. He, he gave his son for that reason. Exactly what you're going through, that's the reason why he gave your son, gave his son. So, Father, we thank you for your love, Father, for your mercy and your grace. Father, we thank you, Father. That indeed, yes, Father, you have gave us, Father God, your only son to heal our heart.